the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to The Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 122, and our guest is Langhorn Slim. Y'all, this is a special episode on several levels. I am so excited to bring you my intimate conversation with Slim, but first we're going to do something a little different. Our good friends Jordan Foley and The Wheelhouse have been hard at work on a new album, and you're about to hear a premiere of the first single from that record. The song is called Loners, and it is my favorite thing Jordan and the guys have made. The record is produced by Thomas Wynn of Thomas Wynn and the Believers, who was able to harness the strengths of Jordan Foley and the Wheelhouse to create a new sound for the band that I think y'all are going to love. Jordan and I will be sitting down to talk about the process of making these songs later in the year, but until then, and before our conversation with Langhorn Slim, enjoy the debut of Loners by Jordan Foley and the Wheelhouse. It's been pretty easy And everything's been going my way And the city lights, they guide me through Except for when it comes to you I can't stress this anymore And I'm gonna walk out that door I'm a loner, he's a loner, on the road, 
That was the debut of Loners from our good friends Jordan Foley and the Wheelhouse, y'all. What a song. Give them a follow on your socials and at jordanfoleymusic.com. The single will be available on streaming services this coming Friday, January 13th, 2023. In the meantime, if you want to listen to Loners again, and I bet you do, then go over to marinadepodcast.com slash the magazine. I'm so proud of Jordan and the Wheelhouse and Thomas Wynn for this amazing work they've put together. And I'm really grateful for the opportunity to premiere it here. All right, y'all. Now on to my conversation with our guest, Langhorn Slim. Slim is a singer and songwriter from Pennsylvania whose work has been lauded by The New Yorker, Rolling Stone, The Guardian, and many more. Conan O'Brien is among his obsessive fans. He has a fascinating mind and a sweet spirit that he channels into some of the most beautiful songwriting of a generation. We caught up with Langhorn Slim at the incredible Orange Blossom Review Festival in Lake Wales, Florida in December of 2022. Slim's music has meant a lot to so many of us, including my dear friend and collaborator Jen Ross, who was fortunately covering the festival with me and was able to sit in on the conversation. You will also hear questions from our friend and Patreon patron Jordan Conant as well. This was just a true marinade community effort. And I'm so grateful for everyone who continues to support this thing. Y'all, it is my great honor to bring you my conversation yeah, with Langhorn Slim. On the road, I'm alone. On the road, I'm alone. On the road, I'm alone. Hey, hey, check, check. All right, we're good. Um, the only thing you gotta do. Okay, cool. All right, great. Dude, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm okay with everything. <laughs> this cord, yeah, careful. <clears throat> It'll kind of do a like pop, pop, pop if you don't hold it still. Oh, okay. So sorry to give you that restriction right off the bat. Right. But pop, pop, pop. No pop, pops if we do this. All right, we're good. You know, I think just having um, context for folks who are listening to this in the future, Jen Ross is here. And y'all just had like a really beautiful moment. And I was going to kind of get into sort of the spirit behind what, what y'all just shared, because 
this sort of thing came up. Um, I always put on our Patreon. I always ask our patrons if they have questions for the guests ahead of time. And Jordan, one of our patrons, said, Slim is one of my favorite artists. Got me through some tough, lonely times. I wonder if it's gotten easier or harder to love the way he does. Easier or harder to love? Yeah. yeah over the last few years, like, you, like a lot has happened in your life. You've, you've overcome a lot. Yeah. Easier or harder for me to, for you to express love or to or, receive love? or Let's explore it all. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Jordan. <laughs> um, yeah, hit me with it again, just All so. Right. I, I, so, man, if you if that one hits you, wait till you get the second part of Jordan's yeah, question. Yes, yeah, Slim is one of my favorite artists. Got me through some tough, lonely times. I wonder if it's gotten easier or harder to love the way he does. He strikes me as someone who embodies radical grace and love. Mm. Mm. Just wondering if it's natural or deliberate. Jordan. So there's there is the side of my of me that is um, a musician and a performer and a uh, connector uh, when I'm doing it right uh, on stage and so there's something that comes through me or over me that is. Um, that's outside of my understanding that I think is a form of radical love um, I'm able to sort of things sort of slow down and things sort of make sense to me uh, then there's a side of me that is a son and a partner and a brother and a friend and there's always, uh, there's always, hmm, has it become easier or harder? I think there's so many different kinds of ways that I, one can express love that I don't know if it's become easier or harder. The way that I always felt like I was uh, engaging with an elevated energy or spirit, and that was a collective connection with an audience through music um it's a lot easier and more consistent when i'm not fucked up mm. so I, i'll put it I, I could try to make get to making some sense by saying that yeah whereas before when i was when i was a drunk all the time or or on drugs i was chasing um a feeling of love that uh, that i that i could find every once in a while that i felt open and warm within my own skin uh, but I was chasing it and it would elude me so yeah. every once in a while there'd be a great show or a great connection so when I'm not existing in that I can be more present and more open and all that sort of thing but I mean every day I wake up I, I feel somewhat out of my damn mind and so I have to kind of work on that and um, music was a thing that I've always come to, um, and that I don't think I've ever totally perverted. Drugs and alcohol and the chase for other sorts of love are yeah. things that I probably perverted, you know, and so that made those things made it harder to love. So I guess it's 
something I gotta wake up. Jordan, you're getting a long answer. Maybe some of these words will make sense, but he's gonna be so happy with this. Um, I really have to wake up every day and um, find some gratitude mm. and find some some stillness and really work on on like changing my perspective often because my my perspective can be very inward upon awakening I can feel a lot of thoughts about myself and that they can be uh, not the most friendly you know um, um, and so it's just sort of like trying to get out of myself and um, so yeah it's a work in progress I wouldn't say it's easier or harder I would say with what I've been through personally in the last few years it's more playful mm. um, the pursuit of loving myself more and then in doing that um, loving loving others yeah Woo. and interview over wow <laughs> that was perfect we have the most amazing patreon patrons patreon.com slash marinade podcast everybody if you want to get your questions in next time man can you say so you just like connected again you have this way of connecting with people you just connected to something for me that i want to ask you a little bit more about and that is and, and i wonder if it has to do with age like i'm about two months three months younger mm -hmm. than you right my birthday's coming up i'll turn 42 next week birth, almost thank birthday you. Yeah. thank you thank you and um i think i'm waking up feeling out of my mind more and more mm. every day I've built routines and systems and character to where I can, I'm managing it, mm. but I do feel like life is hitting me harder and harder as I get older. Mm. And I wonder what the out of, like for me, the out of my mind feels almost like out of control. Mm -hmm. Not that my personal choices are out of control, but I that I, I don't, you know, don't have my, my arms around things the way that I ex maybe expected to at this point in my life or whatever what what does the being out of your mind feel like to you and and how are you processing it I try to lean into and embrace the feeling of not having my arms around some of the bigger questions that I think a lot of us have because I don't, I don't know that I ever felt like I would um have that all um, but mm. for me man it's not necessarily about I can attach the feeling to a situation but it isn't really situational I think for me most of my life the waking up and feeling out of my mind or um, you know issues with anxiety or, or depression or something often were not situational they were they would come up and I didn't know why they were there, but they co then c colored and covered the lens in which I viewed life and, and behaved. So then there would be situations that contributed to it because I was sort of perpetuating, I think, perpetuating, or just everything looked that way. So um, I don't have a great routine. I've got more of a routine at this point. It's like growing up as a grown-up. What a concept. I, I didn't know, right? do it when I was younger because I was doing doing what I'm still doing, but I'm not but I I was not accountable to myself and I'm sure to others. Like I just what I kinda 
let any day take me where the wind blew me that day. And that, to me, was some sort of, like, I'm a passionate boy and I live outside of the law of society. And I still have a rebellious spirit, but I often find that it's more to the detriment of myself. It's not a matter of like following some institution or society's rules, but like setting up a, um, a routine for myself that that's fulfilling and that when I do it, I see, I feel better. Like I, I like exercise or meditate when I wake up or if I wake up at a certain time, which I don't really do. Yeah. Um, you know, I wake up kind of when I wake up. Um, that's like one of a bunch of things like if i if i allow myself just these kind of like loose ends i tend to feel more out of control with it with myself with it all Mm -hmm. um so i don't know i like i learn i sort of talk about this on stage sometimes like i learned in the last so many years that i don't need like global pandemics or we had a big tornado in nashville like tornado yeah. social unrest, political unrest to feel like I'm losing my fucking mind. I've been an expert at feeling like I'm losing my mind. And not to say I always do. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I don't want to make this totally <laughs> about... Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that stuff I can kind of point to it, you know, and it, it certainly has been a heavy time for a lot of people. And I think a beauty of it is that a lot more people are talking and can relate on certain subjects of like mental health and addiction stuff which are subjects that are um near and dear to my life yeah um but i found like you know i got clean and sober again right before the pandemic hit so that was huge for me Mm -hmm. um we were forced to be still in lockdown to some extent so I know that was terrible for a lot of people and it wasn't great for me every day, but it, it, it forced me to like sit down to engage in some things like a recovery community, mm. uh, which the first time I got clean, I didn't do any of that sort of thing. It forced me to like reflect in ways. I started doing therapy. I started mm. to sort of have an exercise with my guitar and my music that I would just play through whether or not I thought it was the greatest thing or a piece of shit and I just was like just play to get out of my own way and play um just because it's fun to play music and to sing yeah um which I wish that that sentiment would just stick with me and I would always just kind of live my life I love to talk about it but it's something I'm constantly trying to get back to to get out of my own way to here and then I'll stop with with this. But this is so great. A buddy of mine, I just he told me that it was him or a friend of his. I can't remember, but they have a, a friend who was passing, and um, went to he was an older guy. Went to see him, and they were having conversations like probably like you and I are having. Um, and the dude asked the other guy, "What would you have done different? Would you have done any of it different?" And the, the guy looked at him and was like. I would have worried less. Oh, Jesus. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Dude. You know, fucking mic drop. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I, I love to have these conversations and pontificate, not even pont. I love to like tr- analyze and to try to figure things out and how to, but it's just like, 
when there's a dude that's about to like take his last breath and that's what he's saying it's like why do we make it so hard yeah and i don't think not worrying means not caring yeah i want to care yeah (laughs) but i mean i was born with some kind of nervousness in me and i haven't gotten it out of me since yeah um and all of that isn't bad either. I think some of that propels us to do what we do in ways. It's, but it's just, you know, wh- where is it helping and where is it hurting? The, the worry, the stress, the bullshit, like the monkey mind. With all due respect to monkeys, who I love and adore. Yeah. But yeah, man. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> you mentioned accountability in that. And it sounds like at some point... I might have just clicked this thing off. Uh-oh. I don't think I did. Is You're it on? on? No, okay, good. Wait. Yep, you're on. Good. Um, I forgot my fucking headphones, and so I can't. Looks like we're getting it, so we should be okay. I think we're good. <laughs> Stuff's bouncing. Yeah, that must mean that's that must mean we're good. That's what we're looking for, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> because I was worrying too much. Because this morning I got a fucked up neck, and I was worrying about everything getting yeah. done and getting here on time, and I was worried about making sure that I was, you know, prepared for this. Yeah. And of course everything's fine, and this is the most wonderful interview, and there's no fucking point in worrying about it all. No. It was all gonna take care of itself. It was all gonna be okay. It's the stories that we tell ourselves. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like another great, and a lot of people have said this in, in, uh, in powerful ways, but Daniel Johnston said something like the meanest thing anybody ever said about me. I said about myself. And that was another one where I was like, God damn. Yeah. But I do that all the time, man. Um, you worry, worry, worry. What's this going to be like? What's this person going to, you know, and it's just like, that's like the, how do we give up that obsession with control that we never have anyway? Like, how do we just turn that over, you know, still caring, but not trying to fucking, like I said before, I used to just think it was passion and I was just like an odd fella, which I think I am an odd fella in my own way and a passionate man, but like strangling things not literally. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, you know, you're just strangling situations. Taking the life from them. Taking the life out. Yeah. Not letting, not letting the, whatever that divine energy is to, to get in there and, and do what it does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how does that manifest in your creative process? I mean, when talking about accountability earlier, it sounds like you became more accountable to your, to your work. Um, mm-hmm. Is that accurate? Well, when I mean when I'm thinking a lot about the the tornado yeah so recovery. I was I was becoming accountable for myself with a particular set of search situations kind of guiding me to my back to my home in Nashville and my couch and my cat and my guitar and I wasn't chasing drugs and I couldn't go and chase, you know, a lady over here or over there. Um, so, you know, I had a, a relapse that lasted several years and it was gnarly. And I was completely, I got myself pretty much completely blocked from whatever the line or the source to my creative, my writing abilities, you know, that kind of just wasn't happening. And so when I got to clean again, I was feeling better. 
music started to show up and I guess I was accountable to I was accountable to it because I was showing up for it and the melodies were showing up and words were showing up and I would sat there and wrote, wrote the songs or followed them um, I think it's just like I, I feel like I learned some things sometimes and then I'm shown that maybe I maybe there's nothing to learn there probably is something to learn but I just haven't learned it yet I don't know um, but, you know, now in the last few months, I've just been touring, touring, touring. And when I'm home, I don't feel like I have that access mm. to the line, to this, you know, because I want the song all the time. Yeah. Just like I want everything that I want. I want it when I want it. Yeah. And I tend to want to want it now. Yeah. So I still have, I would say, at times a negative outlook on... I'd love to talk about, well, you know, to you know with writing or if you're an artist of any sort you kind of just have to have the trust and the, and trust the flow and it's okay to shut up when there's nothing there and come back to say something when there is and fuck this constant content with so you know the, all this mm. kind of thing mm -hmm. but the truth is i believe those things intellectually mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but um but i'm a slut for one wanting the song and wanting the whatever it is that I so desire. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I want it, man. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. We'll see how it goes out. I'm hoping after this tour, I'll have some some time to do whatever it is I do where hopefully songs show up. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm answering the question. I, I never got down like a routine or an accountability to myself where I was like, yeah, I used to think that that didn't sound sexy, and now I do. Like this sort of like, mm -hmm. I clock in at nine in the morning, and I got my pen and my guitar. It's like I never, I never did that, and it, it didn't. It, it seemed like a different kind of way of doing it than I understood. I feel like now, at least, maybe I, I, I totally get what you're saying about it didn't sound sexy, but I, th I think now in my life, that I find that incredibly attractive for myself. Too. You know, like I, f I find that like. That's the work I want to do. Totally. I want to show up at the desk every day. And and what are we, if we're super passionate and obsessed about these things that we love to do, writing or, you know, whatever the thing is, then if I'm not putting the time in to do it or something to feed it in some kind of real nurturing way, I'm worrying about it. So there you go. There's where the worry <laughs> goes. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 I mean, talking about therapy, my therapist just like checks in to make sure that I'm writing. You yeah, know, like, because she knows that that's going to help to quell my anxiety. Right. That's going to stave it off. Uh, and maybe you have fear before you pick up the pen that it's not going to come out or I don't know, you know, if you do. But I sometimes a melody comes up, words come up, and then I'm then that feels good. And then I'm almost like in a, another land and I'm following the trail of the song. Mm. But if I'm like, I'm going to sit down and try to work on this thing, it gives me anxiety, even the thought. Like, people will, will say to me because they are nice, how's the writing going? Yeah, yeah. Got, a new, got any new music coming out? Yeah. I want to fucking <laughs> strangle them. Like, don't ask me that. <laughs> but what is that? And I know I'm not the only one. You know, it's like, what the fuck is that? Not gonna ask you that. Anyway, <laughs> no, nah, I just there's nothing on the page. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, yeah, <laughs> but I bet you get that all the fucking time. 
I do. Uh, not yeah. all the time, but I get that from time to time. And I guess it only bothers me when I don't know the answer or I don't feel like I put something out recently enough. Like, it, mm. if I'm writing and shit's feeling good or if I know I got something coming out soon, oh, yeah, I love that. I love to be asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, an answer. yeah, 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 yeah. But if I'm just kind of, yeah. you know, not sure where, where, when, or how, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> Strawberry Mansion, I want to ask you about. Um, I was, I listened to it like three times last night, and just was kind of like sitting with the songs, and and there were a few moments that really stood out to me. And there's this lyric in something higher, where it says, "You lie to the children, you try to steal their voice." In death, they may, there may be forgiveness, but in life, there is but a choice. Do you remember writing that song? Do you remember mm-hmm. when that came to you and what it felt like? Mm-hmm. Can you speak on that? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's supposed to be like a, a protest song, a song about... Um, us collectively in my view getting sold um getting sold a lie i mean i think that a lot of our mental health and all kinds of health issues um you know stem from a lot of things but i think one of those things is that we're disconnected in many ways from nature from our creativity from perhaps a spiritual however one might want to define that I know it's a bit vast but like a spiritual way of, of being um, certainly when I'm more in line with connecting with others or I'm taught in stuff that I'm involved in now to be of service to others um, then when I'm singing with others dancing creating um, when I'm able to put my feet into the ocean or a river you know these things I feel more connected just like that so I think you know I'm somebody that struggled a lot in school and I felt like um, they were lying (laughs) I didn't believe them as a little kid and I would tell them that and that got me in trouble and um, as I've grown up um, you know it's you could take it in all different angles, but I, I think of it just well, in the music sense or in the art sense. It's like, you know, you play a show and you see all these kids just boogieing and shaking and dancing and smiling and maybe not worrying what genre the music is, mm-hmm. the color of, you know, of skin the person that's playing the music, you know, on and on and on and on. Um, and kids can be so free with their with their own creativity. Like my girlfriend's got a six year old, and I'm I'm seeing it all the time with how free she is just with her expression. And then we kind of get taught to uh, to behave. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. We numb out to these things that I think are divinely put into us, and. Um, and that makes us, I think, sick in a lot of ways. That's my short, even though that was a long answer, that was my short answer. Dude, I mean, so I'm an educator, and I think that's why that line, why that song in particular connects with me so much, because I think that's the headspace I was in as I was listening to that, was just thinking about as someone who works with middle school mm. students, 
asking myself those same questions. Well, and, you know? and may I say, sorry to interrupt you, I have so much respect. My mom's a teacher, my brother's a teacher, and I have so much admiration and respect for a lot of teachers. Yeah. And I don't blame the teacher necessarily. It's a, it's a bigger sort of a thing. I think it's, and I don't have a solution. It's like, how do you, how do you set up a situation that can feed every kind of kid? It's just like, for some of us, we excel at these numbers or we excel at blah, this or this or this. And then for other ones, you can think that you're dumb and then if you're not given some opportunity, you start to get in trouble. And then if you're really not given some opportunity for these p certain kinds of reasons, you wind up in bad trouble. And it's, um, I know it's a little bit more complicated than that, but I've just seen how that can work. Thank God I have music and I had some opportunity because I could just as easily been in jail for a long time or, or living on the street for a long time. Do you think school for you do you think that contributed to your worry or your anxiety or some of the sure. mental health challenges that you've sure. faced? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, but I also think it built some character. <laughs> <laughs> and I also ha wound up having some amazing experiences and got kicked out of a public school that was extremely kind of soul-sucking and narrow for me and, and challenging. And then talk about opportunity I had the opportunity to go to this little private kind of alternative school that was like you're not dumb you're actually really smart in these other ways and we can try to nurture those things you just can't yell at the teachers and be a little bitch anymore yeah, and if yeah. you could stop being a little jerk you could stay here and we will encourage you mm. so um, and then I had some great some amazing teachers um, well, yeah. Yeah. What can you? Right. What can you do? Sure. Sure. Well, I mean, kind of flows naturally to ask you. Then, uh, my my new co-host Jordan, who's about to take my job, I think, had another interesting. Is Jordan, the same guy that asked. Uh, the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and but Jen asked a similar question too. So um, he, he what he asked was he was he was talking about like his relationship with his grandfather, yeah. and he was talking about how you you talk a lot about your grandpa Sid. Yeah. And he's. And Jack, yeah. Yeah, and he said he wanted he wanted to know if there were like any particular stories that when you think of them come to mind when you think when you think of your grandpa's. It's really strange because as you're asking me that I'm like playing with this and this was my grandpa Sid's. Oh wow. Wow. Um Yeah, I mean there's all kinds of stories. I uh, there's a story that I tell sometimes on stage because um I remembered it. So okay, <laughs> there's a neighborhood in Philadelphia that's called Strawberry Mansion. That's where the, that name for the album comes from. Right. And so there was a story that Jack, my 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 grandfathers were good friends when they were kids and then knew each other throughout their lives. And my parents got together and then my parents got untogether. <laughs> um, but so Jack would tell a story when we were little that. Um, that I think is uh, appropriate for this, what we're doing here. And it is, um, it is as following. Yeah, let me just spit the fucking thing out. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is how Jack would tell it, sort of. 
there are these two little boys, and one of the boys is put into a room, and this guy's got all these toys, every toy that you could possibly want. And they close the door, and they walk away, and they hear cursing and yelling and just miserable, restless, dissatisfied sounds coming from this little dude. And then there's this other little boy and they put him into a room no toys all that he has is this mountain of horse poop and he's put on this duty mountain and he's given just a little shovel for his little boy hands and they shut the door as they walk away they hear singing and laughter and just joyful sounds and they run back to the room thinking this kid has gone totally mad and they said little boy how can you be so joyful and so free, stuck in this room filled with, with horse poop? And he says, because underneath all this shit, there must be a pony somewhere. <laughs> so that's one from Grandpa Jack. Jack also taught us, I remember one time when I was really little, he said, um, as you go through life, there will inevitably be reasons to dislike certain people after you get to know them. So in the meantime, treat everybody equally. Um, and I think that's a hell of a message to tell yeah. a little person. Yeah. And Sid was just my my main man. Like he, um, he had a massive stroke when I was little. They thought he was going to die. He never fully recovered, but, you know, lived for, you know, quite a few more years and um, just had like a real I feel like people say it too much now like I feel seen but I felt seen right Sydney on. saw me yeah, yeah. And, and understood me and um, I felt we had um, yeah we had I don't know something that um, that was very very special I mean, maybe people say I feel seen too much, but I just feel like it's really fucking important. Yeah, it is right? really important. Yeah, I shouldn't poo-poo it. Yeah. I don't know a better way of saying it. Yeah. So, um, I just spend too much time on, on the internet, so I'm yeah. reading a lot of people are feeling seen or not feeling seen. Yeah, yeah. At some point, it's, things start to lose their meaning. I felt seen when you posted on Instagram about the fella dropping the note in your, uh, in your locker the other day. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no. man. <laughs> and talk about a switch of perspective. I chose to have a funny perspective about that. Because when it first happened, I was like, not to say I can understand at all what it's like to be a lady. Yeah. But I was like, yo, that shit's pretty creepy. Like, we yeah. didn't have, like, a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's more to the story where uh, that I didn't write about on there. Some uh, folks may not know the context. I'm I sure most yeah, people won't. Jumped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I got a note from an elderly man at the gym saying i'm hoping not to offend but i like what i saw which is amazing and yeah. and hilarious and wonderful yeah however i wasn't feeling well i was on tour and i was in uh doesn't matter where it was but i found a gym to go to because they had a steam room mm. and um you know i wasn't wearing any uh anything under my pants and i go into the locker and i take the pants off as one does and i hear a voice wasn't as though we said hello or had engaged in any kind of and he just goes oh free balling today are we and i was like what <laughs> in the fuck I was like uh-huh so anyway 
<laughs> um, so I did text him, and now we are. We're a, we're a hot item. Yeah, what's he like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Seen, seen them, seen that booty. Um, man, this has been such a pleasure. We usually end on the art that has you inspired at the moment. So it could be, you know, we're listening to Katie Pruitt right now. I it could love be, Katie. she's yeah. amazing. Uh, it could be that music that you're listening to. It could be art. It could be like a, you know, a wonderful yeah, meme. Or I or actually do like kitten Yeah. So Pruitt and, Pruitt and kittens. Yeah. <laughs> I am inspired. It's, I appreciate the, the connection because Katie and I are good friends at home mm-hmm. and we do keep talking about getting together when we're not on our tours and, cool. um, and writing something together. So that idea does inspire me. And, uh, Hell yeah. And, and singing with her would be great. So I feel like that sounds like a, an appropriate one with her, with her belting in the background. I know, right? Yeah, folks, folks uh, listening, you've been listening to the sweet sounds of Katie Pruitt in the background. This is incredible. This incredible festival on this beautiful day and yeah. all this wonderful lineup. You're playing later. Neil Francis is about to go on. It's a beautiful lineup. Um, just in a Margo's later. It's just an amazing, amazing day. Dude, yeah. this has been, I mean, you've been on the short list of dream guests. Well, I'm honored. Thank you. And this has been an absolute... Thank delight, you so much. man. Thank it's you. It's been a delight to talk to you. I appreciate the soul and the spirit of how you do this. Thanks to Jordan. Yeah, man. Shout out Jordan. Shout, Shout out, out Jordan. Patreon patrons. Patreon.com slash marinade podcast, folks. Hell yeah. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. All right. Much love. <laughs> Langhorn Slim, y'all. Thank you so much, Slim. Thank all of you for listening. This was a truly special episode. It felt like one of the more marinade community oriented episodes. Having Jen there was just so cool. Getting to ask Jordan's wonderful questions was a treat. I'm just so thankful for these experiences. LanghornSlimMusic.com for all things Langhorn Slim. All of his records are wonderful. I'm partial to Strawberry Mansion. That's his most recent release, but you can't go wrong. We caught up with Slim at the Orange Blossom Review Festival where he was playing with the likes of Allison Russell, Margot Price, and the Wood Brothers. Katie Pruitt can be heard playing her, her set in the background of this episode. More on that festival coming up on marinadepodcast.com very soon, including some of Jen Ross's best concert photography to date. If you've been following the marinade throughout the last year or so, you know that I had the great honor of interviewing Allison Russell via Zoom. And at the end of that conversation, she learned of her Grammy nominations, her three Grammy nominations that were so well-deserved. At Orange Blossom Review, I got to meet Allison in person, and she could not have been more Allison-y. She's such a sweet spirit and one of the most incredible performers I've ever seen. I want to thank Danielle and Rusty and Micah and everybody else involved with Orange Blossom Review for having us each year. They're all just top-notch professionals, and I'm so thankful to have the opportunity to cover that festival. Marinadepodcast.com for all things the marinade, including written pieces, photography, our online store, and more. Give us a follow on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Subscribe and give us a five-star rating on your podcast app. Tell a friend about the show. These are all free ways to support the marinade. If you really like what we're doing, please consider joining our Patreon community, where for just a few bucks a month, you can gain access to Patreon-exclusive content, like our show Jason's Journey, where I talk about the moments 
that shape my creative life and provide a window into the process of making the marinade. We have a brand new monthly show called What We're Getting Down On, which is a conversation between me and my good friend Peter Haroldson. The first episode is available for free at patreon.com slash podcast. I defended the much-derided David O. Russell film Amsterdam during that episode. And Peter talked about his video game of the year, Citizen Sleeper. Check it out and let us know what you think. It was a lot of fun to make, and we hope you enjoy it half as much as we did making it. This is the perfect time to just take a chance to say thank you to our newest patron, Brian Reese, who I met through Peter many, many years ago. I'm just so thankful for you joining us, Brian. Patreon.com slash Marinade Podcast if y'all are interested. If you want to support the, sh- support the show financially, but you don't want to commit to a monthly subscription, you can Venmo or PayPal us at the Marinade. Uh, all the money goes right back into making the show. And right now that means saving up to cover some festivals. We've been invited to some very cool events and we got to figure out how to pay for those experiences. So if you can swing it, uh, even if you just want to give us a little tip on Venmo or PayPal, we greatly appreciate it. But above all, we're just thankful that you listen and spread the word about the marinade. Until next time, go out and create something in 2023. Cheers, y'all. On the road, I'm a loner. On the road.